podcast everyone today i'm with a a very special guest who's been part of the edm scene and pop scene for a while now and i actually came to know him from going to a pop retreat that he threw i i know nikki buell and anna thompson and they invited me to this pop retreat and i came across this lovely man his name is the one and only fluency or alex Oh, okay. You cut. I see you cut with the space bar. To me. <laughs> now it's my turn to talk. <laughs> yes, sir. Yeah, that's me. That's me. I don't know what you want me to say, but it was a good time. We threw that pop retreat, and people came and <laughs> played music. <laughs> it was fun. So, what made you decide to throw a pop retreat? Well, the girl Emma, uh, <laughs> the girl Emma, the, that was there. She was leaving, and now she is gone. She's in San Francisco. Oh, that was the, that's the, the the doctor girl who's also yeah. a musician. Yeah, she's not a doctor. She's a biologist. Biologist. She's going to get her PhD. That's so, wild. So, doctorate, yeah, similar. Um, she was moving away, and she was like, oh, my God, like I'm going to miss all my Seattle friends. How do I see them all? Like, and then we were like, oh, we should just throw a show. Oh. So that's where it started. And then we like rented that Airbnb, and from there it just kind of grew legs, and people were just like, hey, I don't know. Bro, that Airbnb was the funniest thing. That the people that owned that place were so Yeah. <laughs> Tell the I audience mean, the fucking <laughs> There was this dude with like a speedo and what was his name? Bob? Oh, God, that sound that <laughs> He's like a hippie man, fifty five years old, owns an Airbnb and like I thought at first he was gonna hang out with us. Yeah. You know, man in a tight speedo. And man. he had a fucking necktie. He was just wearing a speedo and a necktie. Oh, he had a necktie. <laughs> I forgot. I forgot about the necktie. <laughs> Jesus, that shit was wild. But yeah, he, he came up like halfway because it was like a pop retreat. So how do I like people? It was there. It was kind of like a party, yeah. but also people spent the night and people performed. And during the performance section, he came. He came. Um, he came up with this like fake inflatable camera. And started taking fake pictures. Yeah, that shit yeah, was that the- was funny. <laughs> it was a little weird, but it was fine. He just didn't ask. You know, normally you get mm-hmm. a press pass. <laughs> <laughs> I I I don't know if you heard this just now, but I think you might be clipping. Clipping. Yeah, like your audio. Audio. As long as you're not, I just heard your headphone like. Bzz, bzz, bzz. Are you? I think you sound pretty crisp. No, me, not me. I think you're like. Hello. Check check. Microphone. It was just when you laughed. Ha! 
Oh, we also put limiters on afterwards. Oh, okay, you got a limiter. This is a full-on podcast studio, my man. All right, I just wanted to make sure you were all good. But I am using a keyboard to switch cameras because I'm that cool of a guy. It's honestly, respect. (laughs) I would be distracted as fuck. I'd be like, oops, I forgot what I'm doing. I'm just hanging out. Yes, sir. I I wanted to ask you before we started all this official intro stuff, (laughs) what podcasts inspire you? Like, what do you listen to? Oh, shit. So when I first began, well, actually, let me get... It's going to be a long story. That's good. Okay. So, I grew up listening to 92.5 with Brooke and Jubal. In the morning. Yes, sir. No longer a thing, though. Now it's Jeffrey. Brooke and Jeffrey in the morning. Fucking should It should have easily... It should have been Brooke and Jose. But they switched into... Instead of going for the second mic, they went to the third mic, young Jeffrey. Yes. Anyways. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I was part of a radio program in my high school, mm-hmm. and in, on Mercer Island. And Mercer Island's only five minutes away from Factoria, and that's where ninety-two point five is located. I see. So basically, I was part of the radio class, and our goal, our one of our assignments was to interview one of your idols. Oh, cool. So I interviewed Brooke and Jubal because they're together. My, yeah, it was. And they did it. Yeah. Wow. It was dope, and. Um, Basically, I also had applied for their like a job opening there, and within a week of doing that interview, I got hired at the station. Oh shit! So then I was like, oh shit, radio is something I really want to do. But then I like learned more about radio and like commercial radio and like how, even though I wasn't part of the scene at that point, I felt like this urge to like help like local artists, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was there, I realized like commercial radio is all about numbers and like making money, and you can't support the local scene because there's as harsh as it sounds there's no money in the local scene when it comes to like radio at least yeah so i just realized it wasn't really what i wanted to do and plus when you're a radio host you're kind of a commercial clown honestly yeah i was gonna one of my questions was were they as like kind of overly dramatic as they are on the show or are they just way more chill when you interviewed them it's they're really way more more chill which is kind of cool and weird i like with my podcast it's i've been talking to like my close friends and family about it like for some reason people think i'm a very serious person even on the podcast but i'm not like i've literally one of my previous guests dm'd me and he was from philadelphia so it was cool to interview someone outside of the state yeah but he dm'd me like a week or two later after the podcast he's like i think you need a co-host so that you lighten up the mood and it's more funny. I'm like, what? what? I thought I'm a silly guy. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> but fuck them, man. Like, you know, if you're enjoying it. Yeah, I am. So there you go. The thing is, I feel like with podcasts, you can be yourself versus radio. You you can't really be yourself. You're kind of yeah. stuck to what. Well, they on want the radio, like, I mean, think about your audience. Right? Yeah. The audience for podcasts, people throw it on in the car or while they're at work or whatever. They want to get to know you a little bit. Yeah. They're just going to sit down and listen to it, and they're not necessarily going to, like, be jumping back and forth all over the place. But yeah. if you're on a radio, you're clicking a button, you're clicking the next button, and you're going to, like, stick to, like, some, you know. Smooth jazz. I mean, maybe. But it's, it's got to be more attention-grabbing. Yeah. Right? For and sure. that's why they – I think that's why they do that stuff. But with that – Super fake, though. I, yeah, definitely. I, with, so fake. With that, I um, always listened to 92.5 until I started working for them. Mm. And then I've always been listening until – a year or two ago, I was always listening to The Breakfast Club because I've always been a huge hip-hop guy. Yeah. So I truly enjoyed, like, The Breakfast Club, you know, Charlemagne, Angela Yee. Oh, and, yeah, yeah. I, do. Um, <laughs> I, you know, I love The Breakfast Club. They <laughs> yes, interview sir. so many artists. Yes. Yeah. 
But I felt like even after being in radio and then understanding their radio show, like once you've seen one radio show, you've kind of seen them all when you're actually like in the business yeah. kind of. So I was like, I really like Charlemagne, but I don't really like the show anymore. What? And then I found out he had a podcast. Ah. So he has a podcast called The Brilliant Idiot, which is him and Andrew Schultz, who's a comedian. I love who Andrew I, Schultz. I love Andrew Bro, Schultz. I was just listening to him on... Uh the controversial Joe Rogan podcast. Oh, <laughs> yeah, dude. The part where he was, he was so funny Will on that shit. you listen to that? Yeah. Oh, Andrew Schultz is like my favorite. So dude. Flagrant 2 and Brilliant Idiots are like my favorite podcast. And I listen to Conan every once in a while. <laughs> Conan's funny. I've never listened to his podcast, but I'm sure it's good. It's good. But that Andrew Schultz thing was hilarious. He was saying, have you listened to the whole thing? Pretty much. Yeah, I think so. He was, he was like, what if in North Korea, they just don't want us to be there and it's actually a happy-go-lucky yes, place. <laughs> some <laughs> best conspiracies ever. I was like, Andrew, I feel you, bro. <laughs> like, he had some other crazy ones, too. I can't remember, but they have a lot. The, him and Joe have a lot in common because they, like, talk about fighting and stuff yeah. like that, you know. It's, it's, it's interesting to to get that uh, side of things. Are, are, you, are you into fighting at all? No. Not, no, not at all. Me, ne- me neither. I think it's cool. I, I, I have family members who are into it. Like my, my stepdad's actually a jujitsu guy. Oh, really? But um, I'm not really a, I, I'm, I'm not a hippie dude whatsoever. But I rather use my words to talk. I, I guess yeah. relating hippie and words aren't the same thing. But like <laughs> I was about to say all peace and love, but not everything's peaceful and love. But I feel like, I rather use my words to get across to people. But then people would say some people don't care what you have to say, you know, and they rather use their fist or whatever. But yeah, yeah. Depends on what you like, man. But I've, I'm going boxing, I think, tomorrow. Oh, shit. So that'll be the first time I've done any, like, fighting-type stuff in five, five years. Since oh, I, so you have done fighting before, then? No, I, I just bought – I took – I I went to Western, you know, yes, for college, uh, Western Washington University, and they just have a gym that's, like, fantastic. Uh, Let's bring the mic a little closer, by the way. Oh, okay. Like Joe Rogan says, a fist away. What up, baby? How's mm. everybody doing? Um, yeah, I just used to punch the bag, you know, oh. punching bag. So. Used to punch the old good old bag. Yeah, it was fun. My buddy uh, Noah Gamash would, would do it. So. Yeah, so cool. That's what I love podcasts. I was listening to Armchair Expert with Dax Shepard on the way over here. Okay. You know that one? Yeah, that's dope. Yeah, do you know that one? Yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't listened to it, but I've heard of it. He's interviewing Matt Damon. Matt, I need to check that out. Dude, Matt Damon's dope. Yeah, Matt Damon is dope. He's, I mean, I started watching Save it, Saving Private Ryan at work today because <laughs> I was listening to a podcast about Matt Damon. So. so you're like a big, like, you're a podcast fan. A huge fan. Hey. Yeah. And I had my own for a little bit. Yeah, tell know? me about your podcast. Okay, you it had. was just me and my buddy Renzo, okay. and we would just hang out and record our chats. Ooh. And we o- uploaded, like, one of them. Oh. We, they were fantastic. You know what I mean? But neither of us really, like... had any aspirational dreams it was just Mm -hmm. like a good reason to like sit down and like connect yeah you know so we would do that and it's funny there's like a flow to it you know it like it's like 20 minutes 30 minutes to get into it and then once you're in it you're like damn we going you know it's like uh i feel like it helps with like communication skills too oh are you kidding me yeah it's so good i've had i've had some especially when i first started it's not that often anymore because I'm able to read people better. Yeah. But, like, when I first started, I've had, I'd had i had some brick interviews. They're just like, yep, that, that's what I do. Or, like, they just wouldn't, they wouldn't give me anything to go off That's of. kind of the interviewee's fault, in a sense, right? Like, if you agree to do an interview, mm. you're spo- you know you're yeah, half yeah. of the conversation. Right. right. Like, you show up to an interview, it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. 
I don't know. It's it's. I feel like it's a given pull, given, take. give and take yeah. type situation. Cause like, some people, they think they like the idea because they they've seen the Breakfast Club or they know that interviews are a way to promote your music. Okay. But then when they're in the spot, even they're like, oh shit, I don't want to talk about myself. Cause a lot of podcast, like a lot of interviews are are about promoting yourself, honestly. And then some, you, you realize like maybe some. Like I, for my podcast, at least I don't think I try. I try to make it so it's more of like a fun conversation versus just you know promoting yeah, s- something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the stereotypical like interview, when you think of a celebrity being interviewed or something, it's to promote their music, their movie, concert, whatever. Yeah, it is. yeah, you're right. So I feel like I, I don't know. I feel like when I, when I first started the podcast, especially because I didn't really have a name at first. People didn't know what to expect, but also they didn't know they didn't they thought it would be more like the Breakfast Club. But then when they are on the show, they're like, "What the fuck am I supposed to say?" Because some people, especially because of hip hop, yeah. I'm more hip hop, so like yeah. people are like exaggerate what they do, and they're like, "Yeah, I'm k- killing grandmas and I'm smiling and then hanging out with my bros." But maybe they're not. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! <laughs> but but. They're, 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 they're not really comfortable themselves and they're just saying random shit yeah. so then when they come on the show they actually have nothing to say it's just some people are bricks and not actually outgoing and then you've learned that as being a podcast host host yeah yeah, yeah. and that's why I've, I've been gotten I've gotten definitely better at choosing my guest overall. yeah yeah it's important right yes. who you have on yeah that's yeah I mean I don't know I think what you were saying about the grandma no that's <laughs> funny as fuck though <laughs> that people come on and they're just like yeah bro I fuck it I killed my grandma. <laughs> like, yeah, dog. And I took her chains. <laughs> like, <laughs> took her dentures and all of that. <laughs> and I pawned them for my fucking rollie. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, yeah. What you were saying about, fuck, oh man, that was too funny. Now I lost my train of thought. What were you talking about? You were we saying? were talking about bricks. Nah. Like people that are, I don't know. This. People not being comfortable with themselves. Yeah. But that's a cool thing about what you do. Like, how can because you're an EDM producer? Is that fair to say? I do a lot of things. I mean, EDM production is one of them. Yeah. But you can't really lie when you're mixing instruments and just having like you're making you're making genuine like music and sounds versus. Well, uh, no, you can't lie. But okay, first of all, I don't think any rap that is ever any good ha- is is full of lies, right? It True. might be it might be like a cap, you mm-hmm. know, like a lie, I guess. Cap but emoji. The, but <laughs> exactly. But the people who sing and those sing or rap or whatever, they believe what like they're mm. saying. You know, like that. I I think is what makes good music, time and time again, every single time, it sounds and is an honest expression mm. of self. That's just what good music is. Like what it doesn't about, matter. What about like breakup songs? Do you think all bro- breakup songs are actual experiences, or do you think yes. some of them are stories? I think whether or not you're feeling that way in the moment, I think a good song like a good breakup song most of the people who have sang a good breakup song have experienced a pretty hard breakup mm. and maybe there are some people who are just really good actors you know because that <laughs> i think that that is uh you know there are people who are good actors like fucking actors whoa you know yeah <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> yeah and then then the, you know there are people who do like broadway uh musical stuff and like that kind of stuff you know you're putting yourself in a character so you're expressing through a character but um, 
I think at the end of the day, there is some honesty that you have to tap into. Mm-hmm. And for the artists that I like, I think it's actually it's generally more tied to their actual experience. I think that is really what connects me to a lot of the music that I like. And what, what music do you like? That kind of music. Music where it feels like an honest expression of that actual person's life. But how can you tell if it's like a real person's experience? Or... I, I can't really mm-hmm. necessarily. But that's just the feeling. Like if right. I if I... When I hear their intonation, like you can tell when somebody's saying something with their chest and that they're not like lying to you, mm-hmm. you know, I, th- I think may- I feel like maybe there are people who are good liars, but like sociopaths. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. Like, I don't know. But most of the times, like, th- what, what do you think? Do you think you can tell when people are lying or like just not telling the truth? 100%? Oh, shit. I don't know. I feel like I can tell when someone in general is like a sketchy person they okay. give off a sketchy energy but like if someone if someone seems like a trustworthy person but they're good at lying i might not know like That's i can't fair. i can't if someone's yeah. just like yeah it depends on what it is like, I, I get uncomfortable when i lie right yeah don't do you get uncomfortable i like i look around or my voice gets higher and then there already is i swear maybe it's just i mean this is insanity but i feel like other people are really good at picking up on how like you're feeling like Mm. if that makes sense you know like if i feel a little off i feel like everybody around me can kind of tell so is that a talent to like do a good lie I don't know if it's a talent. <laughs> Maybe. I wouldn't call it a talent. I feel like that's probably bad. Like, deceiving people is no good, right? It's so. not. But, like, that's a, a sort of anything could be a talent. Like I don't think I'm good at that. Me, yeah. me neither. Yeah. I yeah. fucking not <laughs> Yeah, I'm fucking, I'm not. I'm a terrible liar. So, so let, yeah. let's get into the pop scene, actually. I think that's really dope that you've tapped in. Have you always been tapped into, like, this pop realm? Maybe. I don't know. I mean... I guess I don't really make as much music anymore. I work full time. Mm. So it's like a different life than making music. So have you like given up on music? No, definitely not. But like I'm 25. I've made music seriously for nine years and I had like a decent amount of success. But like you hit a certain age and I want to have kids at some point. Like I don't know when and I'm not in any rush. But, like, in my head, I was starting to get anxious, man. I was like, damn, like, this music shit is not working out for me. Your biological clock's ticking. No. (laughs) Damn it. I know. I feel like I have all these thoughts too early. But, like, that's just where my mind went, you know? And, like, I had to listen to that because you can't – like, I listen to myself. I make good music, so I have to listen to myself when my my body's like, dog, like, this isn't working for you anymore. Oh, shit. You know? Um, Was that scary to realize – it just happens. It just happens gradually, right? Like things change. Like people go through a million different stages in their life and you just got to like go with the flow, you know? So uh, how, is there a certain age when you already know you're not going to, I'm, I don't, I think you make dope music. So I, I can't be like, so you're not going to make it even. I can't say that to you. I think, no, yeah. I think you still have so much potential, but like, right. Do you think there's an age when you know that if you're not getting success by a certain age, early on in your career that's just not going to work out or like how did you look at it it depends on what you want really like i think i saw what the success of being a musician brought and realized that wasn't necessarily what i wanted at the time right like what it what it would it bring well i think that like there's a lot of i don't know i don't know it was more just a feeling it's mm-hmm. hard to explain i feel like I didn't, I didn't want to do it alone. I didn't want to be like a 
pop guy. It just it seems it's very it's a very self centered activity, right? What if you have like a management and all that? Is that different or is that the same? You're still by yourself? Or? You're asking some really good, uncomfortable questions. They're good questions, though. If I say moist, will that make it better? <laughs> <laughs> Does that make it more uncomfortable? Um, no, these are good questions. Why? Maybe maybe I'm deluding myself and just, like, holding myself back in a way. Oh, I don't, shit. You know? Well, that- we are in a... this. For everyone who hasn't been at this studio yet, we're surrounded by other therapist room so maybe this mm. maybe this actually is the perfect place this, for a podcast exactly. <laughs> all all podcasts should be good therapy sessions i remember what i was going to say from earlier okay I'm ready which for was it. you know how you were talking about um people do interviews just to like promote or podcast stuff to promote something yeah i like generally i think that's like kind of the underpinning but it's not the value of the like yeah. podcast, yeah, right? Yeah, like yeah. you listen to it and you're like, oh, they're like promoting their book. But you hear them have this amazing, beautiful conversation with somebody. Like the Joe Rogan experience. Exactly. And, like, and they promote it at the end. After, f- after four hours. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like, that's not the point. That's not why we're here, you know? And yeah. that's not why you're there as a listener either. So I, th- I just thought, thought that was important. No, I agree with that. I feel yeah. also, I love interviewing artists and I feel like, before the pandemic I've definitely seen like a shift in how I do interviews Mm. because I feel like I've taken it upon myself like before okay how do I phrase this before the pandemic people would reach out to me like even like bigger artists Mm -hmm. would be like hey I'd love to come on your podcast to promote my music and I would say no because I didn't want to promote anyone's music right I just wanted to talk to cool people but then I feel like there's been a shift since the pandemic and I feel like I saw all these like protests happening with like George Floyd, mm-hmm. people losing their jobs, mm-hmm. people not going, being able to go on tour, people not being able to meet with their producers or even right. managers. Right. So I felt like I had some obligation to start helping promote people's music and stuff. Oh, okay. So but you have a role here. I I do feel like my my favorite interviews are when I don't have to talk about their music the entire time. We could just talk about the most random of shit. Yeah. But I think that comes with age also. Like, I feel like if I'm interviewing some super hungry artist who's maybe not even 21 yet, uh. they might, first of all, not have enough life experience to talk about grandiose things. Sure. And they might just be hungry and be like, okay, this is cool. I have a podcast. I've watched enough interviews to know what interviews are about. It's about promoting my music. Hopefully I can be in here in and out within 30 minutes, you know. But that's not that's not valuable. Right. As a podcast. So that, I stay away from those, but sometimes I have to do that cuz sometimes they're my friends and they don't have their other outlets or right. I don't know. It's a it is something that seems weird because with my with my elevator pitch I give everyone, mm-hmm. it does pretty well. I always say like I promote the person over their craft. So I feel like that should that's, give people That's a good pitch. Yeah. But, I, you know, I'm thinking about it more. <clears throat> you really it's kind of a hard job in a sense because like you I mean first of all you really are you're in this right this is kind of seems like what you want (laughs) to do from the outside I don't really know that well but like I actually want to be a ballerina oh shit bro (laughs) (laughs) respect (laughs) one of these (laughs) um yeah yeah because you're dependent on your co-host or whoever you're with to like have a good time yeah and um you know, if you're coming up, you're not going to say no to people, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you're like, I'm going to 
you're my friend yeah of course like i'm, I'm the podcast guy i'm the podcast so guy. like you gotta go through those shitty interviews it's like, a, it, it definitely is but then because i think of everything more of like a business or like business oriented or at least practice i feel like practice is a good word so like today you're like my fifth interview. Yeah, dude. Right? You, but I don't seem tired. I'm having a great time, right? Like because great, yeah. every interview is practice, whether it's going to be a 30-minute interview and I can tell right off the bat because they want to promote something mm. or they're in here to talk for a while. Either one is chance to work on my communication skills, yeah. work on asking better questions, work on figuring out what artists want me to ask them even. Sure. You know, like yeah. my questions are different than what other people want me to ask them as well. Like is he going to ask me about my music? I have to figure out what their what their what their goal is. That's just out good of communication one on one, right? Or like, you could say uh, like charisma one on one because yeah. like people love to talk. I love to talk. I know you love to talk. Yes, like, sir. Everybody loves to be seen. So <clears throat> yeah, just asking the right questions is like the best way. Like, dude, that's how I have like my job. That's like how I have my friends. Like, that's how anything happens for me in my life. Is that I just I'm I'm good at things. But I'm better at like people. And you do you do a lot of things. It seems don't don't you do rock climbing or something? Yeah, dude. That is craziness. It's, it's a good time. But you don't just do it inside of a gym. You like actually go out and yeah. The- you commented. I saw that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do that. Yes. It's a good time, man. It. it I mean, you're not scared of heights. I was scared of heights. That's kind of why I got into it. Mm. Was because well, it was complicated. I mean, it was. So I've only been doing it for like eight months. Ooh, so, so pandemic. Yes. Time. Yeah. So it was, I was unemployed. Uh, I I need to move my body to get that energy off. You know, yeah. I got a lot of angst. Know, yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's part of life. And um, uh, there was a gym, oh, the climbing gym, okay. right next to my house. And I just watched the Free Solo documentary. Oh yeah, have yeah, you seen yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, I've actually seen that one. Beautiful, very good. Alex Honnold, amazing. Um, and I'd had gone climbing with. Do you know Otis O T Y S music? musician okay mm. local pop guy from in Minis- so in seattle area yeah super okay. nice guy from minnesota i think wait, um, wait, he's from seattle but lives from some, wait lives in seattle from midwest okay yeah um anyways we went climbing once me and him mm. and then i saw the documentary and then we drove past the gym and i was like ah dude like i just i want to try this like, oh, it looks shit. fun you know and i'd done it in college a bunch uh but not like that much just a little bit and uh so I, me and my friend, we go in, and the only thing that you can do is, like, the rope climbing outside because mm. it's the pandemic. So Oh, when you started, that makes sense. Yeah. I, went, I went rock climbing, like, a couple months ago, like, two two months ago, and it was inside. Yeah. But eight months ago, definitely. Different story. A different yeah. story. Different story. So we're sitting outside, like, looking up, you know, at this, like, three-story rock wall. And I was I was like, all right, well, fuck it. I'm going to climb this. Uh, I got it. I remember getting up to the top and being like, holy shit. But that was exciting. Like being afraid of something at my, I'm not that old, but like I'm not that afraid of most shit anymore. Like, you, I, Wait, wait, I have a question. Do you feel like you're going to live old or no? Yeah, fuck yeah. Okay, but you're you're acting like you're 40. <laughs> okay. Maybe well, plan ahead though. So maybe, I don't know. I feel like I'll probably be like 90, 100. Oh, shit. Yeah. There we go. Yeah. So. so continue story. Uh, no, 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 you're <laughs> good. Um, yeah. Uh, that's pretty much it. That was the story. So that, that kicked me. Cause I was like, I don't know. Like, I'm not saying I'm old by any means, but like, you know, I've, I'm not afraid of that much. 
right? Like, I don't know how much you go through your day and you're afraid of stuff. But the biggest thing that... Oh, yeah, yeah. I get what you're saying. Yeah, yeah. The biggest thing that freaks me out is, like, failure. I guess failing at being a good person, failing my, like, friends, failing my family, expectations of my job, whatever. Yeah. Um... But there's not like a bunch of day-to-day activity. So when I got up on that rock wall and I was afraid, I was like, mm-hmm. whoa, this is like exciting that I'm like actually afraid, even though it's totally safe. Oh. So that's a, it was a big part of why I was like intrigued. I was like, this, I want to conquer this. Damn. Because I have like a fear of heights. Yeah. But I've, I tried rock climbing. That was fun. The scariest part for me, I think, was the, because I did it inside. Yeah. So when you let go and you like fall fall that's yeah, just the that's creepiest super part. scary man you got to know how to use your body yeah to land yeah like, for a, sure. like a cat yes <laughs> but um that's that's dope that you do rock climbing what else do you do i do parkour wait you do yeah, parkour, do for, parkour real? For, for, for real for real like yeah. back flips front flips jumps spins vaults that kind of stuff the fuck how'd you get into parkour <laughs> Same time, I was unemployed and I didn't have shit going on. Yeah, you just <laughs> recently picked up parkour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's fun, dude. It's a great way to move your body. Oh, my God. It's just fun. I don't know. I did. You make friends. Seems like a win-win. That Wait, 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 wait. So there's parkour gyms or you just randomly went to a fucking place with stairs and benches and just... <laughs> there is a gym. But it's called uh, Dynasty Gym. It's the only gym that's any good in Seattle. Um, okay. But I went to uh, my my friend Nicole. We were on like a camping trip together, and she was like, "Oh, like I did this parkour class. It was cool." And I was like, "Oh, parkour? Oh, like shit. that's weird. Never heard of that. Really, never done that." She was like, "You should go." So I went to one, and I was like, "Ah, oh, this is fucking sick." Really? Yeah. And then I just did it a, a little bit. I did it for like a couple months, but it was like an intro class. So I was like, "Okay, this is kind of boring." But I joined the parkour Reddit. Oh, <laughs> I love Reddit. <laughs> I know, dude. Reddit's the shit, right? So I joined the parkour Reddit, and then I meet this guy. His name's Ari on Reddit. I don't meet him. I just see him doing dope shit. This guy, this man, he's like a Greek god, blonde hair, like beautiful. The way he moves his body, you're like, holy shit, this man doesn't have gravity, right? Mm-hmm. You know, he's just a genius. And uh, I messaged him. On oh, no, no, no. I saw a video of his okay. that was at a place in Seattle. And I was like, I know where that is. Wait, it was a Reddit Seattle? Wait, Parkour Seattle? Or? No, just Parkour. Oh, Worldwide shit. page. And one of the guys I fuck with, turns out he lives on Vashon Island. Oh, that's wild. Yeah, so I messaged him. I was like, yo, dude, like that's in Seattle. Like, Do you want to ever like meet, meet up and train? And so we got together oh. and we started training. And he's amazing. He's taught me like everything I know about parkour. And this man's like, he's not that old. He's like 20. But like, oh, gosh. he's a... Uh, parkour genius and we meet up and do a lot of parkour all the time wait so what do you need to do parkour do you need like abs and good balance or what yes legs your legs are the most important part like quads ankle strength because you like land on your ankles a lot not like on them but like you need good ankle support um core is good have you ever jumped off like i don't know maybe like a swing or something sure yeah and you like land on your feet and you get those like spiky feeling in your like feet yeah so that is from like blood flow right like if you're walking and running the blood flow in your feet is like normal but if you're like if you imagine like you just hang from a bar the blood will flow all to your feet and you're not like get, getting the blood out it's the same thing with a swing like uh, your feet are up off yeah, the yeah. ground so the blood goes to your feet and then when you land there's like a bunch of blood in your feet and that's that feeling holy shit yeah it doesn't happen when you do parkour but so if you fell from like a super high building 
with all that blood is it do your feet just explode or? i don't know it'd probably be uncomfortable but i doubt they would explode okay yeah you'd probably be okay so yeah continue you, got, you need core that's it i mean the legs ankles core i mean it's a sport you can do climbing too like climb up climbing and parkour are like adjacent mm-hmm. they're not that different you know. So do you see everything as a fucking obstacle now? I unfortunately sometimes I'll be like <laughs> hanging out with people and I'll I'll be like having to resist the urge to like try and like get on top of something. I'm like they would think this is weird. I'm like oh, don't shit. do it, you know. So can you like what is it called when you climb up a gutter real fast? Yeah, that's just like an ascent. I don't know. So you can do all that stuff? Yeah, cuz climbing is actually my primary discipline. So. Oh shit. Yeah. Is that from rock climbing or? Yeah, like rock climbing, yeah. So do you want to be like a ninja or what are your goals? Uh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> it's funny cuz it's like it's there it could be a really corny thing to do and I see that from the outside <laughs> and I'm like, "Fuck, man, why did I pick like these weird <laughs> things to be into, you know?" But uh, no, it's just a fun way to stay in shape. Like, I feel really good in my body. I feel better now than I have in maybe five years. Wow. And, like, it's, it's, I enjoy it. I make friends, and I get to take care of myself. Wait, so how do you make friends through parkour? Well, like, like Ari, the guy that I met. So you, when you ever you do parkour, it's with him? And Often, and then there's always, like, people around the spots because there's not that many good spots, and we go on the weekends, and so there's, like, people around. Like, last weekend we met this guy can't remember his name but he's he's like oh you should come boxing with me this weekend oh. so, you know so i'm going boxing with this guy it's like so that's the thing that's like i think people i don't know how people feel about this but i feel like the best connections or relationships i've ha- i have mm-hmm. are meeting people like organically yes. you know like i feel like a lot of people spend time trying to meet people like over social media or like dating apps yes. and things like that and i feel like you never really it's always going to be that weird barrier because you didn't meet them in person. I the shared interest thing yeah. is not as strong. That's cool that you picked up rollerblading. Uh, roller rollerblading. <laughs> I hey. picked. Up, I was about to tell you, you I picked up rollerblading. You picked up rollerblading. I just picked up rollerblading and, and surfing. So I was like, that's cool that you picked up. You cool surf? Stuff. Yeah, I'm not I, the. Oh, are you a good surfer? No, I lo- I've always wanted to do it. I just never got around. Really, you've never yeah. surfed? I've done it once or twice in Hawaii, but never like for real, for real. Like, dude, good. I've I when I do it, I've only done it like two or three times now okay. but it's it's more recent thing but yeah like when i've done it i've been out there for like hours at a time and it's uh. the craziest shit because you have to like this is the weirdest part for me mm. is you're with sea life you know like mm. you, that's their habitat Domain. so like when you're going out into the water to surf you have to like shuffle your feet so when you get out into the deeper parts you're scaring off all the fish and shit and like i went the last time i went i went to oregon i drove just to go surfing in oregon yeah and this cool little ocean town called yah yahoots yahoots and that's where i stayed at least at an airbnb and then we went surfing in newport at mm. otter rock nice. otter rock mm. and like i guess it's really it's well known for having like stingrays and stuff oh wow. so i had i you had to shuffle your feet and i every time i a few times when i was because we were there for like five hours surfing and like i'd shuffle my feet and every couple minutes or so i'd actually like step on like a baby stingray and shit it was the scariest thing and like one of them tried like nibble at me and it was wow it was a, but it's cool Jesus. and then i recently picked up rollerblading because yeah. my my stepdad's like he could have gone pro for like rollerblading like rollerblading like tricks? Yeah. Like skateboarding, yeah, 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 but like yeah, yeah, rollerblading. Yeah. Okay. See, people don't realize that like when people think of roller skating and rollerblading, they think of you're just in a fucking ring, but like 
I'm happy that you see it. It's yeah, actually fucking yeah, tricks. Yeah, 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 for sure. So he's been teaching me how to rollerblade, and he has um, like a crazy setup. And like I just picked some up off of fucking offer up for fifty bucks. And then I see his setup, and I was telling him, I was asking him about his, and he has like, it goes your boots, your frames, and your wheels, and those all cost like a different price range. So like mm. your boots alone could be like. 300 bucks your frame wow. could be another like 70 your wheels can be however much yeah, right yeah, yeah. so it was a crazy expensive setup and then mine is just some fucking shit i picked off offer up so right now because i'm not super good at play, like rollerblading yet i'm debating whether or not to invest into these mm. ro- new rollerblades i want because like right now i'm not really enjoying the ride on these but they're like the new the ones i want look dope as fuck so i might invest in some new rollerblades but i keep them in my i keep rollerblades in my trunk so like i can just pick up whenever and we have a, we have the, the studios in green lake so and like the green lakes is right go there. around there's a skate park too. oh shit, there's a skate park yeah like uh L- lower woodland skate park is that yeah. damn i need to learn more about i really didn't know this place existed i'm gonna yeah. be isn't that weird where are you, well, you are you, where are you from yeah so i i grew up on the east side east seattle mercer Island, that's right you said that and um now in snohomish yeah and I don't know. Um, I'm learning a lot about different parts of Seattle. It's kind of cool to see. Where'd you go to high school? I grew up like my entire life on the island almost. Wow. So preschool. I grew I was born in, I was born in Totem Lake, so Kirkland area. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I was in preschool, I was uh, on Mercer Island, which wow. is a crazy experience. Like everyone's like, oh shit, blah, blah, blah. Because like, I was like the only black guy, of course, like on the island. Right, it was, it right. was It was wild. So like Mike's. How I see the world is very different than a lot of people see it. And then I feel like... Well, quantify that a little bit. How so? Hmm. Well, one... The easiest example is, like, I feel like... When when I think of, like, my, like, ethnicity and race, I feel like I'm just Blake and I have, like, more to offer than just, like, my skin. Yeah. And I don't, I don't worry about I, I, I grew up in a place where I didn't have to really worry about my skin even though I was the only black guy yeah everyone because like there's no like everyone relatively ha- makes the same amount of money on Mercer Island it's like a right. very wealthy area so like you've at that point when you have that much money mm-hmm. I'm not saying my family per se was even yeah, wealthy, yeah, yeah, but yeah. when you have that much money on a place like Mercer Island the last thing you're worried about is like money and fighting over shit like that like right. you're on like a different playing field with each other and you can see each other in a different light right right so like i was able to make different connections and see people differently and not worry about skin tone mm-hmm. and things like that and now when i'm like out in the real world like i would i'd i, I could i would feel comfortable walking into any job in mercer island and be like hey can i i live here i live on the island yeah go to school on mercer at the high school I, i'd love to have a job here and there'd be no question no one would be like Oh, you're black. I don't. I don't know. If right, you're right, be a good right, fit right, here. right. But now that I'm, I've left the island, and I live in the fucking <laughs> woods, Snohomish, yeah, where like yeah, yeah. the closest city to me is Monroe, and that's a very. I really don't know if this is a bad word or not, but like I hear, you know, the word "hick," right? Like yeah, people hick. think. Yeah, yeah. But I wonder if we're just. People are just so used to saying that that we forget that. I don't know if it's like a like slander Sorry. or not. You yeah. Know? Definitely but, not a positive word. Yeah. But so, I don't think, you know, call a hick a hick, I don't know. It depends on who, who would be offended. I'm yeah. not, like, I wouldn't identify yeah. in that way. Right. So, I don't know. So You have to ask him. So, so with that, like, I definitely feel, 
like my blackness when I'm going to the grocery store fucking I see. Monroe because it's the closest city right. and then like I see my friends that are artists and like a lot of artists it's like a lot of artists in the Seattle area didn't come from like wealthy areas so mm-hmm. they've had to struggle with like finding a job that pays well and make their music and they feel like they have to fight against like diversity and all these things but because I grew up in a very educated fortunate place I was able to figure out what I wanted to do with my life when I was in high school and like actually set those things in place like there's not a lot of schools that have a radio program or like I was able to have like good jobs by Mm -hmm. the time I was like 15 versus some of my friends just now are getting jobs that are like artists and shit and so I just feel like I I, I was able I'm able to look at things differently and not think not think that my skin color holds me back or like my how I think holds me back like I I think I'm educated with how I talk and I don't have to worry about like putting on like a white voice or anything like that I just I feel confident in who I am and I feel like a lot of people feel like their upbringing may make make them feel lesser or something I don't know if that's the right way to say it I mean yeah I'm pretty white you know yeah I grew up here so it's like I can't imagine what that's like you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I yeah. don't mean either. Like, I, I guess I'm, like, when people look at me, they probably think I'm black. And I feel like other black people, like, they, they're they so proud or they they know they're black. Yeah. But I, like the OJ thing, I'm not black, I'm OJ. Yeah, <laughs> I right, right. Like, I feel like I'm, you know, yeah, I know I'm black, but I'm Blake. And I know how to conduct myself with different people and yeah. talk, like, I don't. I'm the last thing I'm thinking about is like how I'm speaking to these people or like yeah, what do I look yeah. like. I mean, I think that it's interesting you're you're like experiencing profiling for like after I've after yeah. after like Living <laughs> becoming a, an adult. Yeah, <laughs> right. And I think most people probably experience it the other way around. Yeah. And so it's like but you know, I think we're all a little bit racist like yeah. unfortunately. Like as like ideally that's not the goal. But like <laughs> like that's just like the reality of the situation is like we like people that look and talk like us. Yeah. It's easier to communicate with the people that have our dialect. Yeah. Because you don't have to repeat yourself. You don't have to like you know, and that's just yeah. how it is. Super unfortunate that that leads to conflict, you know. But I, I just I was telling a Trey all day Trey because he's queer and like a lot of artists feel like whether they're reaching out to me mm-hmm. like I'll have people reach out and the first thing they say is I'm a queer artist or something mm. or like why not just artist yeah or yeah. like Trey has to tell me that he's queer during the interview or feels right, like he has right, to right right like I feel like we're gonna get to a point in the future in like a very total recall type way deep <laughs> in the future that the last thing we're gonna be worried about is fucking race and color yeah like a I sexuality. hope I hope that that's it seems like that's the direction we're going. Yeah. I hope that we can get there. Because, yeah. like, you know, but the problem is, you know, I don't know. There's a lot of systemic bullshit. Who knows? Like One parkour at a time, I feel like. Yeah, I feel like you just got to do what you can. <laughs> like, that's what I, like, I, yeah. I just try to, like, do what I can. I don't claim to know what's going on. Yeah. It's just so, it's so complicated. Like, everybody's got a different opinion. Some people are hurt by some things. Some people aren't. Yeah. You know, so. I think overall, the biggest thing I learned from growing up on the island yeah. 
is open-mindedness. Yeah, you know, yeah. That's that's the key, man. I don't know, but like, what what was your upbringing like? Well, uh, I grew up in uh, uh, not the nicest part of Seattle. It's like, do you know Aurora? Yeah, one hundred and first in Aurora. Some people think that's hard as fuck. Maybe it is. I, I hope it's okay. It was not the oh, best. Okay, my bad. I don't Sorry. like to glorify like a tough living situation because mm-hmm. that doesn't. It's not cool. It was, you know, and that. But like I was, I think it was like me and my brother were the only two white kids in our neighborhood. It wow. was mostly mostly Ethiopian people. Okay. And so like all all of my childhood friends are like Mogus, Moktis and Brahani, Dawit and Nahum. Like they're all these people and yeah. they're like we would go to their houses and we'd eat like Ethiopian food. Hell yeah. And it was bomb as fuck. <laughs> like I love Injara still, so it's like but uh um, I don't think I've had Ethiopian food. But I, I I feel like he's mad at me. I hope he's not mad at me. I feel like he's just going through a lot right now. But like I'd say my best artist friend is Nestra, and he's yeah. Ethiopian and, and Muslim. Oh wow! So it's it's cool to like talk to him about like how because his family is Ethiopian and Muslim, they yeah. definitely don't think music is even a possible career path. Wow! But it, so he had to like fight between doing music and staying true to his traditional values. And wow! It's always interesting to talk to him about that. But um, I guess I've never had Ethiopian food. It's good, man. <laughs> well, if we, if we hang out again, we should though. definitely get some Ethiopian food because yes. it's bomb. There's a place, uh, I can't remember what it's called, but it's on Capitol Hill, kind of by Cal Anderson Park. It oh. starts with the Q, and it's like pretty good Ethiopian. QAnon or something. Yes, that's it. <laughs> oh, my God. The QAnon restaurant. <laughs> it serves Ethiopian food. Yeah. So you felt like, do you know the, do you know the band Everclear? No, but I've had Everclear. There's a song for some reason. It's like one of my favorite songs right now. It's from the early 2000s. Okay. It's called Father of Mine. It's like, Father of Mine, where did you go? Okay. (laughs) I mean, that was fire. Okay. I I think I know the band. It's like rock. Yeah. It's like like, uh, almost like punk. Yeah. Yeah, Like pop punk, punk rock. So, anyways, one of the lyrics is this guy is talking about how his dad left him when he was like five years old. Yeah. And that he grew up in a black neighborhood. Mm-hmm. So maybe you're that ever Everclear guy. I'm him, or I'm his father. No, Wait. I'm the guy. <laughs> yeah, I okay. think you're him. You're the, you're you're not the yeah. You're the kid I'm growing the kid. up in that black neighborhood. I'll show you the song afterwards. Yeah. Maybe you'll relate but, to you it. You know, like <laughs> I only realized that later, right? Like I didn't realize, like oh, like I, like me and my brother, are, like the yeah. only white kids in this neighborhood. Like we didn't know, we didn't so care. So they, they treated you like family, basically. Yeah, we were, we were, we all hung yeah, out. I mean, like awesome. when it snowed, we'd go outside and play in the street. With you know, it was like the summer, we'd do slip and slides together. It was like it was all the same, right? So it's it's weird. I got I thought like um, you think. If you go to like a school or something that's like mixed, that everyone be more friendly. But you still, when you see like schools that are like Asian, Mexican, mm. white, black, you still see like a lot of kids sitting at the Asian table. Yeah. And they, like, yeah. what do, what does it take to mix these? Like, I don't know. I mean, like, I feel like it's cool to be in music and see all these different ethnicities. But overall, because we're in like the Seattle area, a lot of artists no matter what are going to be like white most people here are white but i feel like yeah. if you're a rapper i see i see a lot of black rappers right and then like each of like pop mu- pop artists and rappers in seattle especially yeah. have such different backgrounds like uh, anna thompson has right, a very right, different right, background right. from right uh, whoever like well, a nacho you know, picasso <laughs> yeah 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 it's definitely interesting 
and like I, I hung out with Alex Cade a couple times. I don't know if you know him. What's his stage? Is that his, what's his Alex Cade? Alex Cade. Yeah, he works with like Samurai Dell. See, I've heard that Samurai Dell is one of the first people I heard of, and I still haven't. I don't know the podcast. I don't know much about him though. Yeah, he he works. I think he works with Lauren Lorelai. He works with that's Lorelai yeah. was one of my first ever interviews. So that's the she brought him up like two years ago. Wow. And I remember that name because it's an interesting Dude, name. But I, I don't know anything about him. I hope she watches this. We're going to clip this, and I'm going to send it to her, and I'm going to be like, hey, please, uh, we finished the song together. It's so good. We made oh. this song, and I just want to release it so bad. Oh, shit. When was it made? Like, probably like eight months ago. You got to do it. Before she, she left to L.A. She's in L.A. now? She's in L.A. She's been in L.A. for a while. Is Moses there Moses with her? Moses is there with her, yeah. Dude, they're a power couple. They really I are. Always tell He's a great that. producer, too. Yeah. Like, he sent me the vocals, and I was like, oh, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And they sounded fantastic. I didn't yeah. have to do a thing. So... Shouts out to Moses. That's dope. So, wait, what were we... You're saying something about Alec, Alex Kincaid. Oh, yeah. Wait, what yeah. is it? Alex Cade? Alex Cade. I don't know him. Yeah, I mean... I'm sorry, uh, As Alex far as Cade. the rappers, like Karma, I've worked with Karma. I love Karma. Karma's great. I've worked with Django a little bit. Like, he's great. 509. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. I, I, rappers, those are like the only three I think I've worked with. I mean, I love rap music. Bro, I was looking at your website and like... Your little press releases you've had, yeah. and like each written interview I read, you always bring up hip hop and wanting to work with hip hop, and that goes back like five years ago, and you still yeah. haven't done anything with hip hop. That's not true yet. though. Like, like, have you done it as much as you wanted to? At no. Least? Okay. <laughs> no. I, but you gotta. It's oh, you know what? There was this kid. His name's Dalen. Dalen, I think Johnson. He goes by Days. Okay. We made this amazing track called Moon, and it's a okay. rap pop track, and okay. it is. Fantastic. What about I'm a dip? That's a rapper. I guess, yeah, Trey's yeah. a rapper, right? Right. So, I mean, it's just one of those things, like, it'll happen if it happens. I'm not Bro, like, you need some, like, gritty-ass rappers. I, that would be <laughs> dope. I, I, I love, like, Trap Back 2 by Gucci Mane. Like, yes. that is my shit. Like, we used to bump that, like, with big subs in the car. Like, it was... You need, a, you need like, a Levitate song when he had on gunplay and macintosh have you heard that song i love macintosh's work too man like all you that can, stuff. you could easily like I, what, what what has it been like why haven't you been working with these you know, why haven't you made these songs yet well because you know the connections like maybe this will lead to uh there me you go doing, you know what i mean like i'll help you out okay bet let's go yes, <laughs> I, honestly it could be an amazing connection um i love rap it just depends on like th- who you meet in person and like oh you know who else i tried to work with campana oh i TJ. love campana yeah we yeah. I made a couple beats for him. I think I think part of it, what it is, is that rappers, they don't, they're not like, oh, this this guy, like he really gets me, or he's a rap producer. Like, I don't know if they see that I actually truly do love rap music and mm. like want to like put them on a platform and right. like elevate their their message or their personhood or their artistry. Like, right. I really do. I want I want to work with them and I want to promote and I want to do the thing, you know? And I do just, the thing. I think I think when I sat down with TJ especially, I don't think that he really knew that I was like into it or he just wasn't impressed with what I had to offer. Wait, so you talked to him in person too? Yeah, I know TJ. We, he's, so, he's Peter Kruger's roommate. So it wasn't like you... I was going to be like, maybe you just haven't had the chance to meet him in person. It would be a different experience. No. But he just... You met him in person, you showed him what you had and he still said no. He didn't say no. We ma- I made a beat for him, and I was like, "Hey, man, you should mm-hmm. write some stuff." But you gotta understand, like, I don't force an artist. You can't force an artist to do anything. You know, like you just gotta yeah. let if they're if they're gonna do it, they're gonna do it. Yeah. It's like you know. So, so is that why you make some of your own songs, with your own vocals, or just do you just enjoy that? I, I yeah, I enjoy it. 
Do you ever feel like you run out of artists to choose from or you don't know who to reach out to next? Yes. There we go. Yes, definitely. Because it's, there's like, sometimes when I feel like I've worked with an artist, I kind of get it. And I'm less inspired when they come in the studio because I like, I've heard a lot of their story. Mm. And for me, it's like. Wait, I, so because a lot of artists have the same story or what are you saying? No, I just think that like, I'm really inspired by like a person's experience and getting to know someone and learning like a lot about like meeting new people, I guess. And mm. when you get in the studio for the first time with somebody, you have all of your tools at your disposal to impress them or disposal to impress them mm. uh, because they don't know anything about your musical. Like you and them have never worked together before. Right. So anything that you do, like if you got your bag of tricks, you can use all of them. Right. But by, like after the first time or two times, you know, you've used a lot of your tricks, yeah. at least your favorite ones. Now you got to be more creative, which is great. You know, mm-hmm. I got nothing wrong with that, but I like, you know, you, you both can bring, I feel like the most to the table the first time. That's how it's been for me. That's been my experience. So you don't like, you want to do a whole album with an artist then? Or? I would. I mean, I've produced an album for Anna Thompson, Ooh. you know, so. Wait, is that, is that out? That's not out. Yeah. Uh, it's a uh, centerpiece. Oh shit. I don't know if I've heard that one. Wait. She has a full album. She has out? a full album. It's like telepathically. Like oh that. yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, My dreams bad. about him, like coffee. Yes, you yes, know, yes. That's the never pink. Never enough. It's the pink yes, cover. The pink cover. Okay, yeah, see, yeah. Yeah. there we go. So, I produced. Well, Jake Crocker did a couple songs, but I did. I did majority of them. Yeah, Jake Crocker's a newer person I've heard of. I know a lot of people. He's I know in, he's a, been in the game. I know he's been in the game, but he's yeah. like a newer For name you. to me. And we've yeah. actually were supposed to do an interview a while ago, back in like January or something. But yeah. I, for, I I talk to so many people I sometimes forget to follow up with other people. But, I understand. Um, yeah. That's so. Were you ever focused on? Were you ever part of the music scene then? Or like when I think of the music scene, I guess it's the people that are performing at a lot of venues are like rappers and bands. Like but I performed live. I performed at the Showbox. I did Capital oh. Block Party. Okay. I performed. I opened for Black Bear, Joy Badass, Ooh. Kyle. Uh, fucking, I don't know who else. Joyride, so. but you're not. You don't do like local shows, really. Like when I say local shows, you're like you're not going to like a Macintosh show and opening up for him or like these local. Well, they're rappers, but that's still. So what the? What do they? So I've only seen like rappers and bands do shows. Like, what do these other genres do? Do they do shows also that are local, or do they have to be on like big budget? tours or whatever uh yeah i mean uh when i opened for joyride he was he's like an edm act uh yeah he was on a nationwide tour i opened for mm. black bear nationwide tour kyle joy badash nationwide tour uh we played i mean obviously capital block parties like yep. yearly so that two years ago or yeah i guess so and we were booked the year after too it's gonna be like a big yeah you know we were riding the numo stage and then it was like dude it's happening this year but i feel like i don't really know anything about seattle music politics because i really think that it's just stupid things that people tell each other and that holds them back there shouldn't be any politics like i really don't welcome to the world man there's politics everywhere that's life but like especially politics happening right now local politics shouldn't really be a huge thing i don't know but um The Capitol Hill Block Party rebranded for some reason. I don't know if you've seen mm-hmm. like all the Instagram flyers mm-hmm. and stuff mm-hmm. called like Day in and Day in and oh, Out. Oh, that's Capitol Hill Block Party. Yeah, they rebranded. Oh, I didn't know. I, I because of politics. But I don't understand what the politics are. But yes. Damn, I should talk to so Evan Johnson. He's the booker for 
or one of the bookers for Numos and Barboza, he also did a lot of booking for Capital Block Party. Mm. He is the reason that I ever played those shows, and he was he just liked my music. We met so up. He made the connection. Yeah, the connection. He's a great guy. Put me on, even though we didn't really have that deep of a connection. I just met him a couple times, and he's like, I like your music, and then he just consistently put me on. So I owe a lot to him, and I don't really know him that well. It's Damn. kind of a strange situation, but uh, he, yeah, he did a lot of booking for Capital Block Party, so I feel like he would know. Yeah, if it doesn't get canceled, you know, the day in day out, you think yeah, because of COVID, yeah, I don't yeah. know. I yeah, don't yeah, know. it might be. Wait, so but what I'm trying to get at is you're not, you never were part, have been part of the actual local music scene and going to the lo- local. No, yeah, show, I have been. A part, I mean, I'm definitely part of the local music scene, but just not like if you say like Macintosh, right? Like I'm not gonna rap. You're not rap, I'm but not like, but is there like so? What genre would you say you're mainly mainly in? Uh, pop EDM. So pop EDM. Is there yeah. a huge circuit of pop EDM throughout Seattle no. where they go through and do local shows at no. Numos and no. But there's there's enough, at. right? There's there was there was Metza, and then there was like, um, what's his face, Manatee Commune, you know, Grant Eddy, uh, and then who else? Or, I don't know. There's or, like Samurai Dell. There's like Kyle Kien. Uh, there's Chong the Nomad, and then there was Joza, who moved to L.A. You have a song with him? Yeah, Greener. Mm-hmm. Great song. So maybe maybe that's the thing. When you're making that type of music, like pop EDM, you can honestly give a fuck about the local scene because that's music for, like, the internet, I feel like. Like, that can reach so many different people because it's just, like, instrumentation. Maybe. And I guess you mix in vocals and stuff, but, like, you don't have to prove your... I mean, you don't have to prove anything to like the local scene, maybe, and like you automatically. We sold know. out a two hundred fifty cap venue. We sold out Barboza. I'm just trying to figure out like why there isn't like the main people performing at local venues are like bands and rock. I mean, <laughs> that's the same thing, bands and hip hop. Hip hop, yeah. But what's happening to these pop artists, EDM artists, country? I guess country falls under. Maybe. What's What's happening with EDM and pop? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's. I love performing live, right? So when I do a show or I decide to do a show. We sell that bitch out. That's what happens. Mm. But then what's, how don't you know who else to work with? Like that comes from I, like when you're part of the music scene, I feel like you have an, a plethora of artists to choose I mean, from. I do. There are plenty. There are plenty uh, that would come and perform, but a lot of them have moved to LA. Because of like. Opportunities. So then how did you find like a, a Nikki Buell and Anna Thompson and a Tiger Lily? Yeah, right. Uh, Tiger Lily and I went to high school together. That's so funny. Yeah. And then Anna and I went well, to You guys went to... I, I wonder what she was like in high school. I didn't know her at all, really. She was really popular, though. Really? Apparently. I had, like... I, I'd heard her name, but I didn't know who she was, you know? She grew up in North Seattle? Yeah, bro. She grew up in, like... Was she, like, rough? And, like, yo, I'm tired. No. Not at all. She's super sweet. She's a little crazy, but in a really? good way. <laughs> we love Tiger. My grandma <laughs> went to one of her shows when she was, like, a pop punk band. Yeah, and she saw that I had interviewed her, and she's like, "Hi, did you her. interview Tiger?" Yeah, that was On the funniest here? shit. Yeah, I hope Tiger Lily listens to this because I'm going to tell you this. Yeah, and whoever has listened to this far so far can check out Shout that out podcast. Probably like one person. I don't know how many people. <laughs> no, we got, I got some friends. You got people that listen to this whole thing? I have, yeah, but um, honestly, respect. So wow, the Tiger Lily interview compared to what I'm doing now is way different. It was over Zoom. My Zoom interviews were cool. I've had some. I had some pretty big hits 
on Zoom because I've like everyone was like home quarantining. But the point with okay, the Tiger yeah, yeah. Lily thing, it might be a hard thing to watch after seeing like my setup now. But yeah, halfway through the interview, I think she was <laughs> in L.A. This fucking like naked guy like walks behind the camera and into the fucking <laughs> bedroom Love behind it. her, and I was like, I'm keeping that in. <laughs> <laughs> it was funny as fuck. That's <laughs> great, man. Yeah, I went and stayed with her in L.A. Ooh. We shot a music video, and dude, she it was confusing. She apparently she was like high on weed brownies, and just having like a lot of anxiety. But she just did not talk to me for, like, almost, like, an hour and a half while we were in the car together. Like, driving together, I was like, are you mad at me? Like, oh God. what's going on? <laughs> she would say, she said nothing. No words. I was like, okay, well, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't that know is what hilarious. I, I don't know what I did. Like, can oh I God. fix it? Like, but after the shoot, it was a completely different story. You know, we did this music video wow. shoot. She was all stressed. And then afterwards, it was like. But, like. What do you think of her? Like, and do, is she she's like? Great. Is she, but is she like? Do you think she's an artist that's business savvy? You know, knows oh what the my next God. step is. Or you don't even know how, bro. She is killing the game. She's got this like PR company. It's like something house, or I can't remember. But um, she has interns hmm. that work for her, and she doesn't pay them because they get <laughs> credit for their school. Uh-huh. So she has like 18, I think, interns That's that funny. do PR work for her That she just delegates a ton of like grunt PR work to And they do it and they like I guess they probably like her, I don't know And like, yeah, she just covers a lot of ground Like promotion-wise She gets like blog posts She gets like articles You know, news, write-ups, whatever Like on all of her songs And she just she's done this really good job of like building this organic audience With the help of like this PR company that she's set up. So it takes a lot of work to do something like that, you know, Shit. plus making the music. That's dope. She's like a PR, very good at PR. Well, I that's so funny. Like, I, I wouldn't have thought that you went to school together, but that's funny. Yeah. So, so then what made you guys end up making music to, together then? Well, we uh, just, like, reconnected, like, started messaging each other uh, in, like, L.A. And You were in L.A. and she was in L.A. Yeah, at the same time? Yeah. What were you doing in L.A.? Uh, I was visiting Joza. Okay. And my friend Dame, Evan, Josh, Evan. Shout out them. They're great. They really are. And yeah, and then we just like, we were like, oh, we should make a song together. That's always where it starts. Uh, you like, you make the song together, and then you like put the song out, and you're like, oh my God, it's so fun. You know, and then you just like become friends. So, wow. Yeah. And then what about, what about Anna and Nikki? We met at an artist retreat, or me and Anna did, and then we produced like telepathically her song, and then. Oh, wait, so what, what artist retreat was that? Then? It was LDE3. Last Defense Entertainment. There's this guy, Tieran Simon. Never heard of him. He were there more pop artists there? Was it a pop yeah, retreat? yeah? It was kind of like yeah, yeah. There was rappers too. It was like the whole Seattle scene, not a whole, but like what? big when part was of this? it. Uh, like a little, uh, like this time last year. Damn. Yeah, it was cool. This that one. sounds dope. It was really. Where cool. was it at? It was like this big cabin in Eastern Washington. What? It was really nice. It was like on the water and there's paddle boards. And Jesus, I wish I had gone to that. I know. If I, I mean, you know, it wasn't my event, but I would have invited you. <laughs> and so you met Nikki through Anna, I'm guessing. Yes. Yes. So that's that's the life story. And then what what intrigues you about Anna to like want to work with her? And she was just a good singer. She knew what she was doing. She was young for some reason, but like 
<laughs> for some reason. I mean, cause people who are that good generally aren't that young. That's what I've been realizing too. Because yes. I, yes. I, like a lot of these people, I think have their shit together. Yeah. Maybe they do, or maybe they're just. Be- the point is, a lot of these artists that I'm trying to work with in the music scene and have been working with, I'm expecting them to be like closer to my age. Right. But they're like thirty almost. Yeah. And I'm like. Yeah. How how do I kind of understand what's going on more than you guys do when you're 30? Or, like, I don't know what it... They're I feel not, like people need... There's not enough, like, um, communication on steps. So I feel like everyone has to figure out their steps at their own time. But that could be sped up. You think so? A hundred percent. Like, if you knew... If you knew what bands do to tour or what rappers do to book more local shows or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like if bands knew what EDM artists do to whatever, you Get know, numbers like, online. Yeah. All those things. Yeah. Like that's why I've spent two years solely interviewing hip hop artists. Yeah. <laughs> so over the past month or two, I've switched to like bands and pop mm-hmm. artists. And I'm like, how are none of these other genres in Seattle connecting well, or whatever? You, it is. my man, are the connection. Hopefully. Yeah, that's it. That you found, like, if you see a missing, that's... There's, yeah, that's an easy fix, I feel like. Yeah, You know, there's the a lot guy. of easy fixes, but I feel like people just don't see it. You just gotta step... It just takes stepping back and looking Well, at you've the been picture. building this knowledge base. Yeah. This soup, like, through... Knowledge. Yeah, bro. <laughs> knowledge, man. That's real, though. Like, yeah. a real experiential knowledge base it's different from anybody else in the Seattle music scene. Yeah. I, I think, you know, you're talking about touring or whatever booking shows. I, I just don't think that's going to happen here. I just, people are afraid of COVID. Oh, well, right now we're fucked. I but don't think like, it's going to go back. I don't ever think it's going to go back. Wait, wait, wait. You don't think touring's ever going to happen again? Not here. What do you mean by here? Seattle. Like in five years, touring's not coming back. Can you break that down to me and why you think that? I've, th- I've said this for over a year. It's not a new idea. Okay, but I've only June known 2020. you since, I've only known you for long now. We had a great time with the poverty, though. You're dope, man. That was fun, man. Yeah, that was a great time. <laughs> <laughs> that was a good-ass time. I would do that whole thing every weekend if I could, Dude. man. That was, that was so fun. We'll figure stuff out. We got. I'll help chip in. We'll do another thing, something like Honestly, that. we should. I know that there's plenty of people around here. It would Dude. be fun to do. Like, There's a bunch of people from L.A. that I know that like are all musicians. Mm-hmm. They're a little older. But if you know if we coordinate an event and then they would all fly back, yeah, and then we could all do it like all at once, yeah, you know, yeah. there's, so. yeah. So what were we saying? We're saying that would be dope. Though. Like, probably yeah. treats are so yeah. dope. I can't remember what were we talking about. Um, uh, wait, wait. Bands and connections. Yeah. Oh, the not coming back, COVID, and the yeah. shows not coming yeah. back. Yeah, I've said I I even wrote it down, June, twenty twenty. What do you got in your mouth? Po- poke. I have like a fucking fish. Is it stuck in there? Yeah. Are you toothpick? No, I don't. Fuck. You don't need it? No. Okay. All right. Something smells fishy. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I um, I don't know. I said June 2020. I was like, this is never going to end, right? The COVID thing, it's here to stay. Why do you think it's here to stay? And then I'll tell you why I feel like it's here to stay. It benefits the richest people in the world. It benefits, you know... Whoever owns Google, whoever owns Facebook, whoever owns Apple, whoever owns mm. Amazon, you know, the most powerful, like, you know, 
camera things like digital technology, right? Like <laughs> camera digital technology does not want people in the same physical space because that reduces the amount of people. Uh, yeah. So you think it's less maybe the reason why COVID spreading is because I was thinking it was just because people are like against each other and they're like, they just want to do their own thing. Mm. And like, instead that's of, part of it. Right. Human but, nature. But maybe that's because that's how it was designed through like these, these apps took advantage of people. That's what being I think. Selfish. Yes. I, I think a hundred percent think that that's what's happened. And it's interesting because I grew up in Seattle and I'm, it's been really hard for me because I'm a really community oriented kind of guy mm-hmm. and I love seeing people in real life. And that's like a big part of who I am. And you know, when people are like, Oh, like, you know, we can't get together anymore. Right. Like that makes it really hard for me to like want to stay here, yeah. but I'm going to. Why you do know? I stay here? It's my home and this is where my people are. You know what I mean? You people. Exactly. <laughs> uh, my people. Exactly. I don't know. Like, I, I wish that I was from somewhere like Austin or wherever that like didn't give a fuck about the COVID, but like, but those people are getting railed and they don't even care. That's so, how I don't understand. Maybe, but like either way, I'm going to stay here and I'm going to ride it out and I'm going to do what makes people feel comfortable because this is where my people are. Oh, wait, wait, wait. I think I need to back up a step. So yeah. you're saying because of the big businesses here in place in Seattle, that's going to prevent touring in Seattle, or do you think touring just in general? I think the culture, because we're really left here, left. The more left you are, the more afraid of COVID you are. It's just how it is. The more right wing you are, the less afraid of COVID you are. But you think everything has to be political? Or? No, but it it is. Right, it doesn't have to be. But you don't have to be afraid. Like I'm not afraid of COVID, but I have an understanding of COVID and what it's doing to people so like i'm sure. cautious cautious is similar right more cautious you're more ca- cautious than somebody who's like in more republican state but the thing is like just from like a statistical standpoint those people who are less cautious are about to get railed because this, this like we're we're in the worst possible position right now for covid and people are acting like like how we are right now is worse than it was last year and people are, and we're open and doing whatever. I don't, I, the, the issue that I have with the information is that there's so much information and I don't know who to believe. But you can just see like the numbers, at least when it comes to how many people are getting, you don't even have to look at, how about this? Okay. Just from like being a normal person, let's yeah, say yeah. you didn't even have technology whatsoever. Right. Right. And you just, you just know you have friends who are going to parties and stuff like that. Yeah. Any friend that I've known, just from my experience yeah. in the past month alone, that's gone to any of these festivals, whether it's Watershed, Lollapalooza, mm-hmm. Base Canyon, whatever it is, or just like a kickback, a lot of my friends have, are coming back saying they've gotten COVID versus my friends who were in college. Last year, there was maybe like a 20% chance that they'd hit me up and be like, oh, shit, I just got COVID from going to this party. Like, more people are getting COVID if you just ask. Probably. Probably. So, with that, just from that standpoint, that's not good. (laughs) No, no, definitely not. Definitely not. Right? Like, you don't want people getting sick, you know? But are are you thinking of it as, like, more of, like, a flu thing? Or, like, do you think, like, do do you think... Are, do you care if people get it 
or do you are you just like do you think people are dying from it or are you just don't think it's that serious because people are getting them getting over it I don't know what to think I don't know what to think is really the Hmm. I feel like I'm being fed a narrative well, you general. work at Microsoft, so I do, do, you, work do, at Microsoft. do you know do you know Microsoft's narrative? Have you heard? Yeah, I mean, you've I've heard worked. some spiciness about. Oh yeah, like, dude, I have a bunch of NDAs and like stuff I can't talk about. Really? Yeah, that's like COVID related. No, none of it's COVID related. It's all technology. Uh, yeah. So can do you do something cool in Microsoft? Or yeah, I just work on like antennas, like your phone. I make your phone stuff similar to your phone connect to the internet better. That's uh. it. Like a device, like a Surface, Microsoft Surface. So 5G gives people COVID. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you're right. 5G, you just go stand next to an antenna and you'll start feeling really weird. No, I don't think any of that. I don't know. I, I All I'm saying is that I like getting together with people. Me and this too. is a bad place to do it because people are uncomfortable. Not Now it, it's still okay because you can have your pod. And I feel yeah. like I found my pod and I'm totally cool with staying here. Yeah. When that when that attitude of like oh like I'm really afraid of hanging out with my friends infects my pod, that's when I'll start being like okay we'll see maybe I maybe I have to leave. But why is it because it left? You think it's just because Seattle's a liberal city that's why it's going to be more like that, or do you do you think it has any connection with there being more tech businesses out here? I think it's all connected, right? Like the more internet connection you have. The more money you have, the more tech businesses, they're all related to like being more liberal, right? Like farmers, people who grow corn, people who live in the middle of nowhere, that's generally more Republican, okay. right? Smaller communities, people who know like a total less number of people okay. are generally more Republican. And I don't think that that is like a end all be all, right? Like there's plenty of people like I'm a, I live in a liberal city. I hang out with mostly liberal people, but I have this like one weird kind of Republican view. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And I... I shouldn't be saying any of this on a podcast because I'm going to oust myself to all of my friends and they're going to fucking not like me. <laughs> but like at the end of the day, I am I have to be I have to do what my like social group wants. So like because I want us to continue to be a part of that. So so you don't think COVID will end because of like uh, money reasons? and Yeah, the control that it allows these technology companies to have over people. And I so yeah. it's like so you think this is very yeah 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 so in a way you could <laughs> you're like trying to keep it together I'm sorry <laughs> you could you could relate COVID and 9-11 to the same situation then like how the government took advantage of what happened with 9-11 and used it to their advantage to be able to like track what everyone's doing and you think people are using COVID as this huge Maybe worldwide disaster. Maybe. To yeah, gain and I, do I think nine eleven was fucking terrible? And do I think we should have airport security? Yes. Do I think COVID COVID is fucking terrible and we should all get vaccinated and wear masks? Yeah, sure. Like, maybe not to the extent that we do, but I think that like the safety measures are real. And but you know, people who've had COVID, right? I don't see. That's that's what that's. Do you? Uh, yeah. Who who do you? I know, know people who like died. Yeah. yeah. See, so I don't. So I don't. So that's that's what that's I think the one, difference. Like once difference. I know somebody who's died from it, then my entire viewpoint will shift. Right? Yeah, but that's what's gonna. That's why. That's why COVID's so effective right now. Not enough people. 
not enough people, even though a lot of people have died from COVID, yeah. not enough people know people that have died from it. And then once it becomes that serious, it's going to be too late. And then I once pe- once people will freak see. out to that extent, then if you think the government government will already have those things I don't set even in think, place. Gover- I, don't I don't think it's individual people, right? I think it's just like we're all kind of like one amoeba. We're like the human amoeba. We're all connected to each other. What about what about this? Do you think this your technology idea? Okay. Is this just the American bubble, or do you think this is going to affect like how the I have world? No I, I don't even know if what I believe is true, bro. I don't fucking care. I just try to live my life and be nice to the people around me. Yeah, at the end of the I'm day, just, you just seem yeah. like a nice, good guy. Okay, like I'm I, just interested in your, okay. your ideas. But I, I feel like I'm not like judging I'm not you. like gonna like die on a a stake for my ideas. If yeah. that makes sense. Like my yeah. my people in my social circle like come before any of my like ideological right. ideas, and I think that that is an important thing to say because I'm not like trying to stir the pot. Right. You know what I mean? Like in general, I just, I don't know. But, but overall you've seen some, you've had some dope stuff. You've done some dope stuff during COVID. Like you picked sure. up parkour, you picked up rock climbing, yeah. you made some dope Coping music. Mechanisms. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it's good. I mean, I'm going to go out to the bars tonight. So there, there we go. Yeah. Do you yeah. go to local shows at all just to go? I might go to the Fremont Friday. It's probably over by now. Oh shit. What time? It's getting dark. It's, um, there's no light in here. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I Fremont's Friday. I haven't been to a single one. I'd like really? to go, but then I Martial that Law cautiousness. Band. You know? Yeah, right. Exactly. Martial Law Band. Uh, they like had this whole thing. They had this float that they were performing on during yeah. COVID, and then they like made it. You know about it? Yeah, I was. I was. I was basically short story. Mm-hmm. I was. Out of just the kindness of my heart, yeah. I wanted to create like a documentary of everything they did during the oh, pandemic. Cool, but there was like some creative differences, and I decided it was the best just to release everything I had done as a podcast episode. So basically, everything that I, the beginning of everything I wanted to do with it was a way bigger project. Yeah, I was I could just see things not going how I wanted it to go. Yeah, so I just released it as a podcast episode, and it's up on the YouTube, on the YouTube, on the YouTube. <laughs> But, um, yeah, I've been following everything they've been doing. I, I love Marshall. And the cool thing, the funny thing is I've only, I've only met Marshall realistically like three or four times, mm-hmm. but like we've done so many cool things together already. It's, That's it's kind of funny. It's a good beginning of a friendship. It sounds like. Yeah. There's That's just awesome. so, there's so many cool people in the Seattle area. And I feel like, I don't know, like I said, I, it's important to connect all these cool people with each other. Cause I don't. I don't think it's people not wanting to know these other genres or other people. It's just yeah. I don't think you're part of your bubble, especially during COVID. Yeah. Know? Do you see yourself staying in Seattle? Bro, I got fucking Seattle tatted on my leg. Let's so. see it. Ugh. God, it's like the full-on spacing. Oh, dude, that's sick. Yeah. So I'm. I think the I'm. Smith <laughs> Tower too. Yeah. <laughs> nice. So I I think I'm. I think I'm here to stay. You think but, you're just, dude, um, that makes me happy. Yeah, that makes me happy. Good stuff. I I think there's a lot of potential here, and um, like I already do stuff s- to make sure I don't get stuck in like the local circle jerk and everything. Like, yeah. What do you, okay? What is the mm, local circle jerk, circle jerk? Like, there's artists that have been like making music for like ten plus years and mm-hmm. haven't gone anywhere, or people, or like you think there's these. Like icons or like mm. huge people. Mm-hmm. This is the biggest thing in my opinion. Yeah. How Seattle is set up. This might be every city. There's like how I've seen just the hip hop side at least. 
I really do kind of feel like like bands and the pop artists. I I enjoy them more because I feel like there's less ego involved that I've seen so far. Sure, yeah. But for the hip hop, at least, like I've always heard of like all these like major like icons or gatekeepers in Seattle. Yeah, and like I've Matt talked Moore to these. Yeah, and I've talked to a lot of these people. And yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm like, you guys are cool, but you're just normal people, and you don't yeah. have any answers that I need to become successful. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> so well, that's the thing is nobody knows what the fuck's going on. In Seattle, at least. In LA. No, no, no. I feel like other cities have a better idea when it comes to like, if they're not going to be like, when I went to LA, at least, um, there were artists, the artists I interviewed, at least, I might have just got lucky with the cool artists. I, mm. But the artists I interviewed, at least, they knew how to make money just being artists, whether it's actually having like promotion companies, clothing lines that actually did well having like genuine collectives that did different things whether like one member was an actual videographer that was making money like screen printing all this different things like they knew how to actually came together and make money yeah and if they had to have a side hustle they'd do that as well but like i feel like seattle the rap side at least doesn't know what to do how to do how to make money because that is the goal right like make money make a living off of your artistry yeah it's just a hard thing to do i don't think so i don't don't think think so i don't think it's a hard thing to do maybe it's a hard thing to do here I'm I'm 20 and I have no experience in the music industry that way well, except for these past two years. I'd and like, say you're relatively experienced in your own way. Well, I appreciate that. Yeah. I feel like I've like it, it. This only took me two years to become a podcast producer, and that's like been one of my main goals. But this so, is the beginning of like a podcast, right? Like you're still at like very live, true, right? Like very is, is true. That, is that where you feel like, like you're at? Or do but you the want, thing how is, how far do you want to take this? That's the thing. I, I feel like people get stuck with what they want to do, and then they they kind of get tunnel vision, and they realize it's not working. But they've put everything into that. Yes. So they they fuck themselves. Whether they haven't gone to college or they went to college for something that they didn't like, love, so yeah. they have that debt but they still want to be an artist or whatever it is. Yeah. Like there's so many like things, there's so many excuses, but there's also a lot of things that are genuinely like, you, how do you work around that shit? But like I created the podcast as like a resume. That was the whole, that was the only thing I really created for. So anything I've done since then is a plus. Yeah. But I've, I know I've, I know I want to be in media and this is like a genuine like media job. Yeah. So, but like, isn't it crazy? What the fuck just turned off? That's dope. Yeah, you should figure out how to turn that off sooner. Yeah, but it won't pick up at all. But for people that aren't in the studio, there's like this humming, and now it's gone, and now it's. We, like, I didn't even notice it. And now that it's gone, I'm like, oh, yeah, God. I feel like <laughs> that's craziness. Yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, I created the podcast because I wanted to be in radio mm-hmm. until I realized radio was not what I wanted to do. But I created, I literally created my podcast because I didn't want to go to school, and I thought I could impress the radio hosts by creating a, a podcast. podcast. Yeah, that's I mean, that's about it. So anything after that is kind of a plus. So if my podcast never blows up, but I'm already doing other cool shit, then cool. I just know I want to be in media, and so far, I've learned so much stuff through my podcast. Yeah, on like yeah. better communication skills, how to do video editing, how to do videos, yeah, how to do graphic design, how to set up websites, how to set up business emails, how to send emails. Yeah. Like how to connect with people, like, dude. Well, I feel like this is the outside perspective, but I could see you riding this thing to the top. Yeah, you know? I, I hope so. That'd be dope. But yeah. like, I don't, I don't want. You're not anyone... like tied to it. Right. Yeah. Right. That's, That's how I felt thing. about my musical journey. Was mm-hmm. I was like, 
writing it. And then at a certain point, I was like, dog, I got to jump ship on this. But it's, so it's not sad for you, though? Not a little, not even a little bit. But so did you ever feel like you were 100% into it, though? Yeah. Yeah, when I was 23 and a half, maybe 24, early 24. I'm 25 now. Mm-hmm. Um, I was sold. I was like, this is what I want to do. I'd worked a little, a couple jobs out of college. And I was like, you know what? Like, this is it for me. Like, I'm going to be a musician. I'm going to put all my eggs in one basket. So I did. I, I sang. I sang this whole album. And um, I put it out on Spotify, you know, just whatever. And because I didn't really know how to promote. Like, a promotion has never been my... I've not never been that passionate about it. And mm-hmm. I, it's a super important part of the musical yeah. process, right? Like, you know, the reason I listen to something or the reason I watch something, it doesn't even matter if it's that good. It's because it's like a connection. Like everyone, like, Oh, like 20 million people have seen this. Like, yeah. you know, there's some value there. Right. Like, yeah. and the more, more popular something is in, in a sense, like doesn't even matter what it is, the more value it has, because that allows you to connect with other people's experience more. Right. If you spend your entire life watching videos on YouTube that have one view. Yeah. You can't talk to anybody. You'll be like, hey, you want to like watch? Hey, you seen that video, <laughs> right? Like, <laughs> whatever you know, like, and not and you know, and th- but that that goes for like anything. Like, if you do a completely different thing, that could be interesting too, in a way. I don't know. That's just kind of how I conceptualize it in a very unclear way. Um, but yeah, I I think. Um, do you think you lost friends because you were so focused in music? I did. Okay. I did. Well, I didn't lose friends, but I put unnecessary stress on relationships that I wish that I, looking back, well, it's the lesson that I learned was that like people come first. Like, yeah. you know, the people are the reason I'm any, have any success in the first place, right? Like you never are successful on your own. It never, ever happens. There's the people who are successful were lucky and had the right people around them. And you know what I mean? Just happened there. There's so many talented people that just don't have the like magic formula and you yeah. listen to their music or whatever. And you're like, this is fucking amazing. This is better than anything I've heard on the radio. Mm-hmm. Like no one's heard of you. Yeah. Why not? And sometimes it's cause they're a dick. Most of the time it's cause they're a dick, you know? Yeah. Sometimes it's cause they just got unlucky, you know, but. Or nowadays they just don't know how to market. Right. So what happened? You released your project on Spotify. I released my project on Spotify. Nobody listened to it. Surprise, surprise. My thought was like, I'll just put this music out. Maybe somebody will hear it. Mm-hmm. And then they'll be like, hey, like, I really believe in this, but I can see you don't have a marketing effort. Would you be interested in X, Y, Z? Maybe I can help you out. You know, because you put something out there. But there's a million beautiful things that ended up happening from that album. Things never go how I plan, right? Like, So, just, you know, it's just how it goes. But because do you have a plan or are you... Fuck no. See, that's <laughs> why things aren't going how you plan. <laughs> What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. We'll get you're this right. figured out. You're man. right, dog. No, you're right. You're part of the NAS community now. Hey. We got this. Take so, Jeremy. Then what about the Don't Let It Go song? Like Don't Let Me Go. How did how did that get successful? So when I when I was younger, I had a plan and I knew what to do. Right? I wanted to uh I got there were these YouTube blogs, you know, I spent a lot of time like reaching out to these YouTube mm. blogs and that was a faded records picked up this small EDM label, yeah. picked up this song, Don't Let Me Go. They released it, and then it got on Fresh Finds. Mm-hmm. And then that's how it got all its streams. I saw it on SoundCloud, actually. Like, I, I listened to your Spotify and stuff, but, like, when I looked it up on SoundCloud, it was actually under the Faded Records. Yeah, yeah. So Faded Records released that song officially. Okay. And then I had a hit before that called uh, Preoccupied. Mm-hmm. And it was sung with this guy, Spencer, by this guy, Spencer Shangro. Um, and the reason that 
so that song was released under this amazing record label called uh, Chill Trap Records. They, the guy who runs it, his name is Jonathan. There's not a single other label out there like this. He's so giving to the artists that signed to him. Hmm. He lives in Barcelona. I had been to a club called Razzmatazz in Barcelona when I was 19, like Ooh. literally like five months before I reached out to this man. I was like, oh, you live to, in Barcelona? Like, are you? have you heard of Razzmatazz? He's like, oh my God, that's like right next to my house. Ooh. So we connected over that like weird in-person kind of situation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I sent him my song and he's like, yeah, dude, this is sick. And he put it on his channel. Ooh. Didn't charge me anything. Like, it, I don't know. Like, let me release it on my own, like, stuff. Like, it, he was just the best guy. And and then it did, like, 200,000 streams, you know? And it was, like, Damn. that was, like, my first hit. Um, and so from there, I kind of was, like, okay, I'm going to just do this. And that worked for a while. But then the, the landscape changed. I went to college. I was in a serious relationship. Like, my music wasn't my priority. Mm-hmm. So, and, and neither was marketing. And I always got into music to, like, express myself and, like, you know, enjoy the, like, creativity side of it. And you don't need to be famous to do that. Right. So that was never my goal. But from like a marketing perspective, you could, right now when you're releasing music, you could be releasing music with whoever. You could make a song with some homeless. I guess it's not homeless anymore. That's so weird to me. It's houseless. You could be releasing a song with some houseless person on the corner. Yeah. And have them sing vocals. But you chose like a Tiger Lily and an Anna Thompson and a Nikki Buell and an All Day Trey. Right. So... You you have to probably understand that that's those are good marketing moves, yeah, right? That's why I do it. Part part of the reason. Also, those people are fantastic vocalists, right? But generally, really good vocalists are good at marketing. Okay. Because they're they are committed. They're you know. So I just I, they do the work. They do the hard work. I just do the music. You know. So what about the? Have you ever had like a manager? Not really. And why? I don't either. But maybe you do. Maybe I do. If somebody, but I don't if, know. You know what I mean? Like, it, I don't know. I really don't know. Like how? Because I guess I'd if you if I had to think, I'd be my own manager. But I don't. I guess there is cost benefits to managers. I don't. I don't know. I think a manager more so is when you have too many opportunities to like handle, which I don't. So. But a lot of Seattle artists don't have too many opportunities to handle, and they have managers. They don't need a manager. Hmm. Or maybe they need a manager because the manager understands business stuff better than they do. Maybe. And maybe or that's where you does. lie. I don't know. What did do you, you say? Or maybe that's where you lie. Maybe you need a manager to help with the business part. I don't know. Maybe. I, I think the idea of offloading work to somebody only makes sense when you're full of, when you're too, of too much work to mm. do. In that area, right? Like if I was doing like eight hours, nine hours of music work a day, then maybe a manager would make sense. But right now, I do maybe like two, three hours of music a week. I do like realistically like 14 hours of podcasting a day. And it's been that way for like a year. Like, I. Are you okay? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's what I love to do. Like, when I really look at it, I probably do like, yeah, I I probably like. How do you schedule that? You saying wall to wall? What do you mean? 14 hours. Yeah, like no matter what I do, like it has to do something that impacts my podcast in way or another. Whether that's editing, I'm honored to be here, man. Thank you, You're but I don't know. Like it's, I when I look back at, it, I don't realize I'm doing that. Like I get anxious when I feel like I'm not. Like I'll have that 14 hour day mm-hmm. of just doing podcasting and realize, oh shit, and I'll be like, oh shit, did I not do something? You know, like I'll get anxious thinking I haven't done enough, even. You know, so like I'm in a position where like I'm just like. I don't know. 
That's awesome. But I love what I'm doing, and I feel like a lot of people love what they do too, but they just don't know. They don't have... Mm. I don't. I feel like not enough people have enough other voices telling them what they're doing is right or what's doing wrong. Like they just they're looking for they're looking for like support and appreciation from their fans versus like other artists. Because what I've noticed uh, in the Seattle music scene is like you could honestly t- any like popular artist you in Seattle if you gather a hundred artists that know that one artist they'll probably all those 100 artists will probably say the same thing like one one thing that's wrong with that person yeah it's the exact they everyone has the same, same idea yeah. yeah yeah but they all know that artist and they're all friends with that artist but they won't say that one thing that's on everyone's mind well the thing is even if you say that to the person like everybody's there and there there's that artist there that you know everyone's talking about in this scenario and everybody's like yo dude like your marketing figure that out mm-hmm. right that person may or may not listen right and you know what happens they're never going to be successful like that's yeah. the thing but that's yeah. what's so sad to but me you gotta understand that artistic success is not always the goal but people if you ask any if you ask anyone that's performing at concert venues right now they obviously want to make money and be able to live off their live make live off their like like you don't have to be a Drake whatsoever. Yeah. But like there's, there's just so many little things that I notice that people are just not telling other people, but I'm still like, I tr- do what I can to help yeah, you. Yeah, but at the yeah. end of the day, I'm still fucking only 20. And yeah. Only right, two well, years of experience. So who get, am I to tell? Get, get, people? you know, turn 23 and do this for another three years. And yeah, you will be the guy. You will be the guy. You there know what I go. mean? But I don't know. I think music in Seattle is dope. I just feel like, um, there's so many like simple. Th- it's even outside of, even outside of music. Just in general, people. There's like so many little things people can do to better themselves that people don't tell well, each other. Well, I it's I I think I've written about this recently because I've gotten into writing a little bit. Ooh, that's dope. It is fun. I like I dude. I've been trying to learn how to do the like touch typing where you don't look at your. Oh. It's I'm terrible at it. I used to just you know. This fucking what are those like those um like in court when they have the person that just yeah <laughs> that's crazy that's just insane. Cause like it's it's fun to be able to express yourself in, in a coherent way, and then you'll be able to share it, that kind of stuff. So, um, I love I love writing, but what I was expressing was that everybody kind of knows the stuff that they need to do, especially as you get older, oh. right? Like, you gotta drink enough water, you gotta take care of yourself, like you gotta go for exercise, you gotta like trim your fingernails, you gotta take a shower, brush your teeth, put on deodorant, you know, do your makeup, maybe yeah. whatever, take care of yourself, you know, see your friends you know, make that money, go to your job, whatever, eat healthy, right? Like express yourself through music. Like there's a million things that, yeah, you need to do at any one moment. And I think that like you can only fit so much into your life. So you, you have to pick, you know, and like, or I feel like a lot of people are lazy minded, but some that's maybe, but like there's a balance, right? Like if you go too hard, you will burn out. I I am that guy who burns out. Like I will go hard for months and then I'll have two weeks where I have to like do nothing. I, I don't do that as much anymore. But maybe there's just maybe there's just not enough information for I don't know. There needs to be like outside of actually cuz even going to like 
taken another step to go to like counseling or therapy or sure. or yoga or whatever it is. Yeah. That's an extra step. Yeah. Maybe there should be something in like the school systems or something where they're like, this is how you should actually delegate your time. Because I feel like people do flounder. And then when they realize I could have been doing this five years ago, it would have helped them out. But there's no resources unless you look for the resources. But sometimes it's as, go- it's easy, as easy as looking on Google. I think but I don't all know. of the information is there. It is, but it's up to the people like, but that, that comes down to like me growing up on Mercer Island and understanding that versus someone who grew up in a different area, not even understanding those resources there. So what does it take to help those people understand those resources? Like there's just so many things that people are simple. There's a sacrifice to everything. Like if you end up looking at some, whatever resource you're talking about and like, you know, you're talking about there's like making it and not making it and yada yada yada. Okay. That's I I don't see the world that way at all, right? Like the world is not there is no making it or not making it. There is just what you choose to put in your life. But everyone has goals and aspirations and they've at deep down if you can even ask like a 60-year-old what their goals and aspirations were and they probably had that same goal and just something along the way they they either failed or whatever. Like like maybe or maybe it's more complicated than that maybe like people realize that the things that they aspire to do as kids it did not make them happy as adults okay that's that's very true too yeah like i know my mom she wanted to be an actor or a singer you know but she's like or no, sing, which one I, was it i don't both <laughs> she was she liked theater and stuff and she played the flute too you know Ooh, i played clarinet sick <laughs> <laughs> but she got older and she had kids and then she w- was happy doing that and that kid conversation is a whole nother thing in itself too though yeah that is it is you know so yeah i think i think that that's the thing is like if you really examine examine someone's life what they do moment to moment is what makes up their life and like that's how i examine my life is i think about what am i doing moment to moment like is that would i do it again you know but a lot of people don't think like that and then they're just wasting those moments like i think that's smart some people might think it's fucking but I, anxiety driven to like think like that. Yeah, it but, might be. But and I think you should think like that. Not enough people think like that. I feel like maybe. But I think that there's drawbacks to thinking like that. Like like I when I'm doing something that I don't deem of value. Like if I'm watching for me, it's all media consumption. Like I don't value. I don't think that that is a value added activity for my life. Hmm. But partially because I think I have a problem with it, just like a moderation problem. Uh-huh. Um. I'm really hard on myself and I beat myself up and I've spiraled really hard if I'm doing activities that I don't deem valuable. Whereas if somebody who's a little bit more laissez-faire with the way they live their life, they could be doing things that aren't, you know, value added in my worldview and be totally happy and be fine and just be chilling. But that's just like ignorance is bliss versus actually like dealing with their issues. Like if you know what your issues are, then why don't, if it's media or whatever, then why don't you just delegate a certain hour or space. If it was that easy, I'd do it. But that's the thing with anything that like is not, I wouldn't want to say addicting, but it is in a sense. It's like, it's society and those oppressive forces above us. Yeah. I don't know. (laughs) I mean, like I don't claim, I I just think that like it's an even playing field. It's all neutral. Like just, you know, right. Just do that. Just hang. We'll figure, I think, I think Seattle will figure it out. I wish, I feel like artists, even I do, mm-hmm. get caught up in like the artist community and forget there's like just a whole nother. Yeah, dude, normal people are sick. I fuck with normal people, like yeah. not artists. Yeah, you know, 
Because I used to be an artist, and I used to be like, oh, this fucking... Just go to their nine to fives, and they fucking go on hikes. And No, no, no. Way more complicated. Yeah. Right? Like, but I don't know. So you, so you still probably have aspirations to do well in music, though. That's I do. I do. That's good, then. No, yeah. That's... You got it. Maybe. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Well, are there any other topics you'd like to touch on, sir? Sir. Uh, yeah, I do. Um, you have any questions for me? I do. I have a lot of questions for you. Mostly about your relationships. Oh, no. <laughs> like that's private. Exactly. Maybe we can mm. end the podcast? Sure. Whatever. Uh, ask, ask me one question that's not relationship-based. Okay. There we go. I feel like it's important to keep, like, I don't know. That's just me. Like, relationships are separate from media. I don't know. Everyone has different ideas on that works. Yeah, I agree. But, yeah. Um, if you were to go to college, what would you have gone to college for? Oh, shit. This is a funny story. I went to college for a day. Well, for 30 minutes. Okay. So, I grew up, I moved out of my house when I was, like, 18. Mm-hmm. My birthday's in November. I moved out. In January, so I still had the rest of my senior year. And when I was living at my house, I had these like ridiculous rules that made no sense. And like my family was like, You're gonna be a. This is the. Doctor. I just. This is. Yeah, but this is the funniest shit. Like I, I know it's like a. This is kind of like a stereotype, but. Yeah. So my family would say I was gonna be a doctor, even though I had. I don't. I'm not a. I, I don't even like science or yeah, math. Yeah, yeah, So it, it made no sense. So, like, they, I was kind of, like, told I was going to be a doctor or something with, with <laughs> yeah. no background whatsoever. So right, right. For, like, up until my senior year, I was kind of, like, floundering. The big, the best decision I made in high school before senior year was dropping out of, like, football to actually get an actual job because I'm a you short. football. Yeah, I'm a short guy, and, like, they didn't pick me for a lot of things. It was just wasting my time. Yeah. So the fact that I dropped out of football when I did and was able to get an actual job, like, a week later. Yeah. I feel like if I hadn't quit football, I wouldn't be here today with you even. Yeah. Butterfly effect. Yeah. But, um, so I had January, February, March, April, May. Yeah, like, probably like six months after I moved out to figure out what I really wanted to do with my life. Yeah. And I realized I wanted to do radio, but up until those six months, my my parents had had me apply for jobs. I mean, colleges that were like for being a doctor. Right. It was like I had no. If I had stayed at my house and like, what the fuck? <laughs> I don't even know what happened. So, um, <laughs> I realized that's not anything I wanted to do. I wanted to be in radio. Yeah. But I really didn't have. I loved Brooke and Jubal so much. I listened to them all the time before mm-hmm. I was even a senior in high school, like from middle school on, elementary school on. Wow. I listened to them every day for like to work out, to study to. Wow. They were my alarm clock. I was obsessed with 92.5. And then I, in those six months, I interviewed them and I actually figured out what I wanted to do with my life. And as soon as I got that job, I was still a senior in high school and I had gotten all my like colleges back at that point and I had rearranged them so I... I got in the ones I wanted to go to. Right. And I got accepted to all of them I wanted to go to, but I realized there's no radio broadcasting degree in Washington. So once I had been in my radio class and did the interview, mm-hmm. interviewed Brooke and all those guys, I decided I wanted to be in radio. But there's no radio class, there's no radio school, so what I would have had to have done was leave my dream job at the time 
to go to a college when I wasn't even really I had a, I had a tough senior year. Yeah. So I'd already was kind of done with school. Yeah. So I decided. Well, it was already beaten to me that I should go to college to be a successful person. That's how I was going to be successful. Yeah. So I signed up for Bellevue College to do like, what is it? Get your your A your AA. AA associate's yeah. degree. Yeah, just, like just, two years. Yeah. Yeah. And just get that, and then figure out after those two years if I was going to if anything happened with the radio ninety two point five or if I should leave to continue radio broadcasting mm-hmm. school. So at least I'd be the studio the station for two years. Right. I go for one. For 30 minutes, I go to all my classes just to meet the teachers. I'm just on the campus, just like breathing in like the school and just taking it in. I and I was like, I was like, fuck this. <laughs> I'm not going to school. <laughs> I took, I was literally there, just met all my teachers. And I was like, you know what? Fuck this. I had gotten scholarships to go to school. Wow. I had done all these uh, like after school programs to get these scholarships too. And I was like, fuck this. I'm not going to school. <laughs> So I don't Good know, man. Shit. So I, I, I respect, dude. There's very few people that I think know what they want to do out of high school. Yeah. So, congratulations. So if I had to go to school right now, it would literally just to be how to build up my podcast more. Like so, like graphic design, because I, I make like cover art and like little promo videos on my Instagram and yeah. stuff like that. But like I, I think it'd be Did cool. Talk to Anna about any of that. Uh. Uh-uh. She's a great graphic designer. Really. Fantastic. I didn't know that. Yeah, because she, I mean, you know, she doesn't go to school, so. Anna Thompson? She's going to. Berkeley. Berkeley. Not anymore. Oh, she officially decided? Yeah, I think so. Wow. So. Shout out to Anna. Are you, every time you click that, does it switch back and forth? Yeah. Damn, just slap, slap, slap. Oh, man. Wow, okay. I want okay. a clicker, but um, anyways, if I was going to go to school, it would be for like graphic design or something to help build Remote my media, podcast. but I want to go to, it would be like a trade thing, but I want to yeah. be, but yeah. Wow. I'm impressed with your dedication because I always wish that I don't always wish, but I, I feel like I had it. I had that dedication, especially when I was like 20 or like 19, I was like, you know, and, uh, then, you know, it kind of left me a little bit and I'm fine with that. But, um, yeah, I, it would be cool to like live that life of uh, the life of like you know an entertainer who's you like still could man i know but like i've chosen for now to not do that it could be like macklemore he was married and like i don't I think he had kids by the time i don't know if he had kids but he was already married by the time thrift shop came out so like i was talking to sam with chow and he's like i envy macklemore because he got all his drug shit out of the way yeah. and was already settled down by the time he became successful. So that's kind of more my plan. Yeah. Is like I want to, I want to have a stable foundation. It's always kind of been, like I dated a girl for six years. You know, we broken up like a couple years ago, but, um, you know, that was the only serious relationship I'd ever been in. I like my people. I like the same people. I like sticking with the same people. I'm not like running around. I mean, I love meeting new people too. I just love people, but like, yeah. it's important for me to have a solid, I think that is for everybody, yeah. but like, I want to feel secure with myself because I know that if I get successful, if I get a bunch of attention, it's difficult. It's hard because you have yeah. all these opportunities, things pulling you a million different ways. And 
if you just indulge in that, you can lose yourself. Yeah. Right. And I don't, I, I think that would happen to me. I think I already feel that and I'm not popular like to the extremes of anybody who's like really killing it. So it's like, you know, it just gets, I feel like when it comes, it's different doing like podcasts. I mean like artist friends and stuff like probably some of my closest artist friends. I probably don't know their deepest, darkest secrets or whatever, you know, but like, I oh, feel yeah. like, a lot of like my super close friends it's it's hard to like it's not hard but it can be annoying to meet just like normal friends again or like being in a new relationship or whatever it is because you f- i feel like you have to like re-throw up everything yeah you, you have told to tell you your to- story again and you're like yeah. this just i don't want to be in this like why can't you just have the same people around but like exactly that's what i think kind of sucks about like it doesn't suck but like it's a trip to like have reintroduce to- yourself and just delve everything out again you know? it takes a lot of energy and there's a reason that like people like the people they're with you yeah. know and they stay around they're comfortable with and i don't think there's anything wrong with that you know like say, unless you're dating like a serial killer or something and maybe but you bro do you ever do you know relationships and abusive like abuse go hand in hand right like, that's so sad that's how it is damn that's very true yeah. what well, doesn't have to be true but no, no, most, I I don't know if most, but there are plenty of very healthy relationships where both There's a lot of bad ones too, but yeah. I, you know, there's this guy and he's pretty controversial and I don't okay. like, the problem that I have. Hitler. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, the problem I have when I bring up like a, a famous person who's kind of controversial is that I don't believe everything that this person says. I believe a very small percentage of the things that they say. Okay. But some of those things I think are interesting. Okay. You know, and I, I think that when you talk, like when I mentioned Joe Rogan earlier, I'm not going to like yeah. ride into battle for Joe Rogan. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. I think he says a lot of dumbass, ignorant shit. But I also think that some of the stuff he says is, is interesting. Yeah, for sure. So there's like that. I feel like you get polarized based mm-hmm. on like the people you bring up. And I just want to, you know, anyway. So there's this Have guy. you like Alex Jones or some shit? No. I... <laughs> I've listened to Alex Jones once. I was like, poor guy, and moved on. (laughs) But he's doing fine. He's fine. He'll be okay. Um, No, there's a guy, Jordan Peterson. Okay, I've heard of You know Jordan Peterson? Yeah. Yeah. Now, he's a controversial guy. So Why is he controversial? I've heard some of his stuff. I don't really know much about him, to be honest. I, I, well, the girl that I uh, dated for a while, she liked him. And I did, too. We both liked him. He he had a lot of, but his, uh, his values are generally a little more conservative. Um fuck i forgot why i was bringing it up because i gave that whole pitch on like sandbagging i was like sandbagging my own <laughs> shit what were we talking about before um, that relationships and like meeting new people oh yeah yes yes so jordan peterson has this he talked about this thing where it's like like a good relationship is kind of like a little bit of butting heads because like everybody has like a little bit of self-interest. I mean, everybody's very self-interested at the end of the day. Like you have to eat, you have to drink water, like you consume to survive. And it's the same thing all the way out to a certain extent, right? You can give, but at the end of the day, like, I don't know, complicated, but relationships, you know, you like struggle with people you're really close with. Like it's easier to fight with them. Right. Like, and I think that the problem is, is that everybody thinks that relation, not everybody, but some people, think their relationships are all rainbows and of course they're not and right. the, a big value of a relationship is the fact that you disagree and you have hard times mm-hmm. but for me like the sticking through that is what makes a relationship valuable it's sure. not the like it is the good times too but it's like both you know and i think that when it makes it easier for me 
when I'm upset with somebody that I'm close with to remember like this is only happening because this is a super positive thing in my life. Mm. So like it gives me the patience to like make it through those hard times and like, yeah, I don't know. It just helps me to think that like yeah. that way. Well, when you look for a relationship, are you looking for someone who's normal or like an artist? <laughs> I'm not artist. looking for anything, man. Shit just happens. Oh. Yeah. You could be doing some parkour and you bump into some exactly. lady that's like just a, trying to walk her dog across exactly. the street. Exactly, like a little meat cute, <laughs> <laughs> like uh, in the movies. Yeah, so, yeah, that's uh, that's my thoughts on, like, relationships, I think. Do you... How, what was your relationship with your family? Why'd you move out? Oh, it's a it's a long story. Okay. But you don't I'm have to tell for, it. I'm better you, for it, I feel like. Okay, you yeah. don't have to tell it now. That's fine. Yeah. Um after pod. Yeah, 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 yeah. But yeah, I'm I'm happy with every decision I've I've made. Yeah. That's surprising. Well, well like happy mean I feel like I'm better for it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I don't regret I don't know if I really I don't know if I have any regretting decisions yet. I don't know. Yeah. Like I think everything's. I th- like to. I like to think everything not to be like. I'm not one of those guys that connects everything together. But I feel like everything is like. It is. Okay. Can be like a butterfly effect. If I hadn't done whatever I did, yeah, I wouldn't be. Yeah. There or here or. Whatever. Yeah. I think you learn a lot of valuable lessons from um, fucking up. So. Yeah. Every time I've seriously fucked up, my life has gotten way better afterwards. So. There we go. Yeah. There you go. That's the end right there. Yes, sir. This is a... What's the easiest way to reach you, Alex? Text me. His number is... <laughs> I don't know, Glitching dude. out. I guess DM me. Instagram DMs. That would work. I don't know. This see. man left me on red and didn't realize until I saw him again in person. Exactly. Honestly, the best way to reach me, see me in person. <laughs> like, Pull up at the parkour park. <laughs> no, dude. <laughs> We go climbing at Stone Gardens in Seattle and Bellevue. If you ever climb there, there we go. We'll we'll see. I'll see. I doubt anybody. Does, but, yeah. <laughs> there this we is, go. This is fun. This is uh, the NAS podcast with Alex Fluency or both. Why not? And we did it. Yes.